0: it's wtmj now news opinions wisconsin everything you need to know in the badger state and beyond now here's your hosts sandy max and steve Cathedral. happy wednesday everybody yes wednesday big debate night did you hear there's a debate tonight sandy max i did man how did i miss that no just (laughs) kidding Joining us in studio, we talked on the phone last week with the passing of Ada Deer, respected indigenous leader in our state, um, a legend, really, and and we'll have some information about that, uh, a service for her. I think it's tomorrow, Ben, right?
1: It's tomorrow at 2
0: p.m. in Madison. Yes, Ben Wickler joining us, chair of the Wisconsin Democratic Party. We had uh, Congressman Glenn Grothman on to kind of give us the Republican perspective on the debate tonight. I guess my my starting question is, as a Democrat, this is not your thing, but nobody should be confused. You are going to be in and around this area talking about the debate, listening to it?
1: Absolutely. I'm here. The Democratic National Committee Chair, Jamie Harrison, is here. As Democrats, we want to make sure both that everyone sees this Republican debate, because I anticipate they're going to get a real sense of what the Republican presidential field wants to do to this country. And this is not the kind of, you know, tailored for the swing voter message. This is the raw, uncut stuff that the, the GOP is trying to move towards. And it's denial of the 2020 election. It's the trying to put a national abortion ban in place, attacks on Social Security and Medicare. It's stuff that most people don't want, but it's what we could expect if any of these people become president. So I want to make sure people do hear that, and I want to make sure that if they're lying about the administration, that we have a chance to push back with the truth.
0: What do you expect to see on the stage tonight? We have eight candidates, one woman, which is kind of an interesting thing, given that women are more than half the population, but that's a whole separate conversation for a later date. Well, what do you expect to see as a Democrat tonight from the candidates? And, oh, by the way, the leading candidate for the nominations, nowhere to be seen. This is a fascinating
1: political moment because the guy who's way out on the lead won't be there, and none of the other candidates, except Chris Christie to some extent, actually want to say anything bad about him. And so there's actually not going to be a real debate about, you know, who's who and who would be the the strongest and what the problems are with the other candidates. I don't think, I think we're going to see a kind of a attempt to leapfrog out into the MAGA fringes, the the most extreme positions to get attention, to get clips that go viral on rumble, all that kind of stuff. And I I don't think it's great for democracy that that's where one of our major parties is. Uh, You know, I would, I wish that we were going to see a group of candidates, at least some of the candidates on the stage saying, you know, Mega was the wrong direction for our party. This not only loses us elections, but it's a threat to the foundations of freedom and American democracy. Let's look for a different path. I'm, I'm so far, I have not heard that from any of the Republican candidates, and that really is, to me, an American tragedy.
0: It surprises me that you say that because, well, it doesn't surprise me. But I'm I'm a Republican voter. I am as far from maga as you could expect for someone who does not like Donald Trump. And I don't hate anybody, but he's a he's a candidate I think that's been dangerous for our party and as president uh was was did some of the things that Republicans wanted but was was far too negative for our long-term success as a party. So, given all that, I think and I talked to a lot of Republicans, on the show and away from the show, and we are looking for candidates who we can vote for that's not Donald Trump. So, I think I would expect, you, you say it's not going to go that way. I would expect some, someone to step up tonight and say, here's an alternative. Do you not see that
1: happening? That did happen in 2016. And, you know, if in 2008, John McCain ran a very different kind of Republican campaign until he picked Sarah Palin, which is another story, in 2000. The Republicans had lost two successive presidential elections, and George W. Bush ran as a compassionate conservative. He was appealing to the broad mainstream of American politics from a conservative place, but in a really different, different way. None of these candidates is running that kind of campaign right now. This seems like the mega Olympics. This seems like, you know, maybe it's a race to be vice president. I don't know, but it, it doesn't seem like any of them is really saying... We lost our way with Donald Trump. We lost our way with, you know, there's some some quibbles around the 2020 election from Chris Christie. The others aren't even pointing that issue out the insurrection, the, the assault on the foundations of American democracy. And when it comes to this 50 year sh- tectonic shift in the, the contours of American freedom that happened with the Dobbs decision, which, you know, for some people, that was, they're very enthusiastic about that decision. For most Americans, it feels like a bridge too far for the government to get into the doctor's office and tell you what you can do with your own body. And I don't see any of these Republican candidates for president this time, unlike many other cycles. None of them is saying this was too much. We need to we need to shift back to where most voters are. And I you know, I think it's good for a country to have a competitive, healthy democracy with differences of opinion. But I, right now I'm just seeing a sprint. To the the mega extreme by one Republican candidate after another.
0: I ask you this full understanding that you're a Democrat and a leader for the Democratic Party in the state of Wisconsin. Can Republicans again, post Trump, whatever that means, can they bring it back to a more moderate again, you're you're a guy that talks about politics, looks at politics, knows the history. Can Republicans dial it back, whether it's this election without Trump or the next one given whatever happens with Trump?
1: If, the long sweep of american political history parties spend some time in the wilderness and then they get tired of losing and at a certain point someone comes along and says you know we need to we need to talk about things differently we need to appeal to american optimism and hope and not just fear and division we need to find an agenda that resonates with people and if you you know bill clinton did that in 1992 after a long time when democrats were losing elections uh we had uh, you know the goldwater wipeout in 1964 and then when nixon ran in, in 68 there was a lot of shenanigans going on but he also was trying to make a case if you look back at his speeches he was actually speaking to the broad you know the 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 center all the way to the to the right but the, to the majority of the american public and I think Biden, try- I mean, I know Biden tries to do that, and I think he does do that. When I mean, he talks about the battle for the soul of America. He talks about good jobs and wanting to make sure everyone has opportunity. Those are basic American themes, the kind of through line that connects all the way back to, you know, to FDR. And uh, I'm wearing my Abraham Lincoln socks today. Uh, this is, I'm a bipartisan Democratic <laughs> Party go. chair. Um, you know, this is the, the, the kind of spirit of, in, in the middle of the literal civil war, trying to unite the country that Abraham Lincoln, uh, also embodied. That to me is the best American tradition. And, I can only imagine that if the the kind of MAGA fringe loses enough times at some point, uh, Republican the Republican kind of party leaders and candidates will try to cut a different path. But for Democrats, I think that our job is to make sure that the kind of MAGA extremism does backfire electorally so that we don't wind up with another Gableman investigation after Donald Trump loses again in, in 2024, whoever the Republican candidate is. That's not the way democracy is supposed to work. And- Everyone who believes in democracy needs to fight for a different path. And as you talk about bipartisan uh, approach and your Abraham Lincoln socks, which I'm looking forward to seeing. uh, What do you say if you are strolling downtown today and you see maybe a Marjorie Taylor Greene? Do you say welcome to Wisconsin? How can we work together? What what do you say to her? I mean, I uh, because there are a lot of surrogates, a lot of, you know, a lot of people around today. I, my own heritage is Jewish, and Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, apparently thinks that uh, Jews have space lasers that can blast down. That's uh, one of the many things that she's talked about. So I, I don't know, that conversation might be a little awkward with her. But in general, I, I mean, I think respectful disagreement is, is an important part of the political process. So i I've enjoyed the conversations I've had with the Republicans already since being here. Um, and I, you know, I think some of this is leading by example, but I also think, it's important to say truths even when they're uncomfortable. And so I, I think for uh, you know all the Democratic surrogates that are, that are here today, everyone is talking to the press, we shouldn't leave lies about who won the 2020 election uncorrected. We shouldn't uh, you know, accept uh, a bunch of propaganda that, that can lead people to believe things that are wildly untrue and lead to them storming the Capitol and you know desecrating the, the halls of our democracy. Um, you have to, the best way to combat lies in my view is truth. And I think that's where the politics on, on the Democratic side should be grounded, and I would relish a day where the Republican Party stops embracing alternative facts and starts with a true sense of the world, and then we argue about where we should go, as opposed to um, you know whether the sky is blue.
0: He is Ben Wickler, chairman of the De- Democratic Party of Wisconsin. We'll continue the conversation after this on WTMJ Now.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, we're having some fun talking debates, which happens tonight in Milwaukee on Fox Network tonight, and Still trying to figure out how much of that we're going to be able to play because they're being very restrictive, apparently, on who's going to be able to get that video and audio. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But it's available on Rumble as well. Yes. They'll be streaming on that instead of YouTube. Also available on the Fox News website.
1: So if you don't have to have cable in order to uh, observe the
0: festivities tonight from 8 until 10 at Pfizer Forum. And I gave you a couple takeaways or look-aheads from my point of view. I want to see what that audience looks like. If it's heavily pro-Trump, that has a huge impact on what the reaction to what the eight other candidates are talking about. So look for that. And, by the way, how much Trump will there be? And that's up to the moderators. How many questions are Trump-related? So are we going to get policy stuff, the real stuff that most Americans, I think, Republicans or Democrats care about? Or is it going to be the, the other stuff, the you know 500-pound elephant in, that's not in the room? So we'll see how that all plays around. All right. Ben Wickler I'm, I'm curious, this is not your party today, and it's not your party any day because you're a Democrat, but you're going to be doing things related to the fact that Wisconsin today and for a lot of the next year is the center of the political universe. How will you be spending your day? I'm
1: going to spend my day talking to uh, Sandy and Steve here <laughs> at, at WTMJ um, and talking to as many people as I can. I'll, I'm going to be doing media interviews. I uh, will be doing a press conference. I'll be doing stuff online. There's, we're going to be in a kind of fog of mega propaganda. And to me, trying to bring a big fan of truth to, to, to dis- disperse the fog is a critical piece of the work. I also want to make sure that Democrats and people who have kind of tuned out politics over the last few years do tune in enough to hear what is being put on display by the GOP. It is very easy to say this is all just noise and static, and I, you know, maybe I'll tune in after Labor Day in 2024. But this is where the the kind of power structure of the Republican Party is at this moment, and it is worth taking stock. It is worth taking stock of a Republican Party that used to be the the self proclaimed party of freedom, talking about banning books all over the country. That that's just not, you know, other people deciding what my kids should be able to read is not my my idea of a of a, of a pro freedom political system, uh, uh, hearing about the abortion ban. And I hope there's a moment in the debate when everyone is asked whether they would have signed the six-week abortion ban that Ron DeSantis signed into law because that is something voters deserve to know about these candidates. I hope that the, the moderators at the debate ask who won the 2020 presidential election because there's a kind of question of reality, but there's also, to me, a question of whether people have the courage to say what's true or whether they're willing to kind of knuckle under because of this political pressure and fear from trump and to me anyone who's aspiring to high office needs to demonstrate that they have the integrity to say something unpopular but
0: true and important that is a basic test of character where would you estimate donald trump's popularity among voters for a general election let's say he's the guy he comes to the nomination process he gets the nomination where would you gauge his is it 40 percent 45 percent less than that Uh, I mean, the national
1: poll that the New York Times-Siena operation just did recently found he's at 43%. Okay. What I'm struck by is two things. One is that I I don't think there's a lot of voters who voted for him in 20, uh, voted against him in 2020, who saw the insurrection, who saw everything that's taken place since then, who are now like, you know, I like the cut of that guy's jib. It it feels to me like it's a hard sale to people to move back in in Trump's direction after all of that. But the other thing is that we are still pre-campaign. And to me, this election is as much a a referendum on kind of common sense, Bidenomics, and building things in America versus mega extremism, abortion bans, and and attacks on on basic freedoms, as it is a question of the individual character of the presidential candidates. If you think about the the Supreme Court race that we had in Wisconsin this spring— most Wisconsinites had never heard of Janet Protasiewicz or Dan Kelly. I mean, more of them had heard of him because uh, he ran before, but most people had not really heard of either of them. I remember looking at polling in January. Most people had no idea who any of the candidates were, but they knew the kinds of lives and freedoms that they wanted for themselves. And to
0: me, that is what politics is ultimately about. It's about the voters and what kind of world they want to live in. Do you think that election result, Supreme Court Wisconsin, is a barometer for a, the next presidential election? It's because it really was at Tammy Baldwin levels of support. For Democrats, is that telling, do you think, on what might happen next year? Well, I, I mean, think obviously he, you're Democrats, Democrat, so you'd love to have that. <laughs> to yeah, I'd,
1: no, I'd be thrilled. Uh, honestly, no. I think that Wisconsin's likely to be very close, much more likely to be close than a landslide. Uh, I'll be, if I am wrong about that, I will delightedly eat my words. And uh, my in 2020, I, I, made, a, I uh, made a promise to shave my head if we won the election <laughs> and wound up having to do that on a Zoom with all my colleagues. Oh, my goodness. So, I yeah, you know, who knows what will happen? But... We're a state that is almost perfectly evenly divided. I mean, last year we had a Senate race, one percentage point margin. We had a 3.4 point landslide in the governor's
0: race. But why didn't that show up in the Supreme Court race then if we're evenly divided? So clearly this Dobbs issue was the divider. It was the the, The the central thing,
1: exactly. And I think that points away to Democrats, which is that standing on the side of freedom, of the freedom to make your own decisions about your own body, the freedom to live in a democracy where the people rule rather than politicians and lawyers – that to me is is the central focus for 2024 and President Biden gets that his his announcement video when he announced he was running for re-election started with this message about American freedom it goes back to why he ran in the first place the battle for the soul of America and that to me you know we haven't been making that case uh, for, for much longer than uh, you know than, than a short period of time but when that is laid out I think that gives us a very very strong chance in 2024. To win re-election and win Tammy Baldwin's re-election and flip House seats and make a, a difference in the state legislature, we're ready for that fight. He'd stick
0: around for one more segment. I want to ask about Bidenomics. We, I, uh, yeah, let's do. It. Yes, let's do a it quick. One. All right, boy. Well, when the when the folks say no, and I say, <laughs> come on, we have to argue on the air. But a quick one. Yeah, I well, want to ask you about Bidenomics. Some of, some of the things that aren't so good. We'll ask our guest Ben Winkel after this on WTMJ. i got to make this quick with our guest, Ben Winkler. He's the chair of the Democratic Party in Wisconsin, kind of observing what the Republicans are up to today. Bidenomics. Can't let you go without some questions about that. All right, so the president's running on his economic plan. But what I don't understand is mortgage rates are higher than they've been in 22 years. Gas prices are way up again. They were up to four. They've taken a little bit of a, a move back now. And some other indicators aren't that great. So what is Bidenomics, and why do you think it's something that the president can run on?
1: It's the Ronald Reagan test. It's. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? Are we? Yeah. I mean, ask people if you. I mean, look at polling. People's sense of their own economic well-being is dramatically better than the the moment that Joe Biden took office, and their their sense of, uh, you know their own economic prospects. People's wages are up. Inflation is has gone down, down, down. Now well, we're there, still there are, paying they're more for stuff. We're still. I mean, overall, yeah, the, we haven't had deflation, but the inflation rate has gone from sky high as it was around the world to a very successful effort to bring it down in the United States. If you go to England right now, the, the, the conservative party, the Tories, are taking it on the chin because their policies have totally failed to address the inflation crisis there. It's different in the US where we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, we had an administration relentlessly focused on easing the supply chain bottlenecks, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, I just bought a TV for $160 for 43-inch TV on, on Amazon, and it's set up in my basement right now. And we're not having this explosive uh, skyrocketing price in the kind of durable goods that, that wind up really affecting people's budgets. Now, that's not to say that all the work is done, and Biden will be the first to say we've got, we've got to drive down energy costs. We've got to drive down prescription drug costs and healthcare costs. He's been fighting Republicans and lobbyists every step of the way on those things. But he has a, a record that he can point to that people feel in their own pocketbooks. And I think the, the core job for this campaign is to close the disconnect that people have between their own sense of their own well-being, the sense that they've gotten a raise, they, they're it's not hard to find a job in this country, and uh, the sense of what's happening in the overall country, because the truth is there are jobs all over the United States right now. This is, a, this is a booming economy in a whole bunch of ways that profoundly matter to American workers.
0: Last question. If it is Biden and Trump, which I, you know, sounds like it, it probably will be, it looks like it probably will be, will they debate?
1: I, I have not had any conversations about that with the campaign, uh,
0: but there's, we certainly have a grand American tradition of such things. We do, but boy, in, in this current environment, I don't know that that would happen, which and I think Americans are disserved. I I mean, one thing
1: I'm fascinated by is whether Trump would even be up for it. He's so far announced that he's skipping all the primary debates. It seems like he's a, you know, he's he's operating in a very small, closed world where he's surrounded by legal advisors paid for by his campaign donors, and not a lot of other people. So I, this I, it feels like all bets are off in this election cycle. But uh, let's let's ask that to Donald Trump.
0: I lied one more. Uh, somebody asked, do you think the convictions, potentially, uh, indictments certainly, uh, of Donald Trump could impact this race in the sense that he wouldn't be the candidate? And as obviously, it's crystal ball stuff. I mean, the thing that seems clear
1: to me right now is that whether it's Trump or any of the, the of the kind of Trump wannabes, we're looking at another kind of MAGA versus common sense election. And that's that's the only certainty, unfortunate certainty that it seems like we're uh, going to be able to hold on to as we head into 2024.
0: Thanks for your patience. I got a bunch of questions in there. <laughs> Do you have one more? No, no. I will not
1: be. <laughs> Thank
0: you, Sandy. I yes. appreciate that. I'll let
1: you keep on schedule. I'm sure we'll be speaking with you again
0: as the election Presidential election looms in November of 2024. He we'll is Ben Wickler, down. chair of the Democratic Party in Wisconsin. Real quick on Ada Deer, the, the service for her. Yes, it's 2 p.m.
1: tomorrow on, on Thursday at Grace Episcopal Church on the Capitol Square in Madison. It's open to the public, reception to follow in the, the Guild Hall at the church there. And I, I think it'll be a powerful uh,
0: memorial uh, celebrating her life. Agreed. Always great to see you, Ben. Thanks so much. You're listening to WTMJ Now, Sandy and Steve.